You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hello and welcome again to Occupation Station. I'm Diane Donato and today we're talking with Kelsey Henning. She's a clinical assistant professor at Binghamton University and she's an ACPHS grad from 2018. In fact, we may find out that she's kind of a a double grad. We'll get into that in a couple of moments. But first, Kelsey, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Let's start off by explaining how it is that you are kind of a double grad. Yeah, so I did the six-year program. So I started in 2012 and, and did my PharmD in six years, like a lot of students do. And and when I graduated in 2018, I, I went off and did a residency in Syracuse, but I decided that my journey with ASCPHS wasn't done there. And I came back in 2019, at the beginning of 2019, and graduated from the PGY2 residency that Dr. Cardone is the residency program coordinator for, and, and Dr. Farrell is the residency program coordinator for. So I kind of graduated twice in essence. And we're going to get into a little bit about that PGY2 residency, what it is, and your experiences with it as well in a couple of moments. But let's start out with your first time through. What were some of your most formative experiences as a student? You know, I thinking back on this, I think one of the best experiences and, and one of the experiences that really shaped who I am now at ACPHS was the research that I did with Dr. Allison Burnchase. I started the summer after my second year. She allowed me to work on a grant with her, focusing on research that she did with patients with Lynch syndrome. And for anyone who hasn't come across Lynch syndrome yet, that's an inherited cancer disorder. So patients with Lynch syndrome are at a high risk of cancers like endometrial cancer or colon cancer. But when I first started with her, I really didn't know what to expect from research. But I truly fell in love with the process of you get to ask a question and then design a study to find the answer. And I remember this one time, we so we went to this international conference on inherited colon cancers in Seattle, Washington with her. And it was this incredible trip of learning about where research gets to bring you and the conversations you get to have with these incredible providers in their field. But I went to present some of the research I'd done with her on patient-provider communication in patients with Lynch syndrome. And not only was I so incredibly proud that I I had gotten to the point where I got to present my research at an international conference, but we found out when we went to present that both of our posters had gotten top scoring abstracts. And it was just this beautiful culmination of all the work I'd put in over the years and all the mentorship that Dr. Burton Chase gave me. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, I like to think about that mentorship and bring it into my own practice. And I and I hope to bring it to my own students who work with me now in my role as a faculty member. I was thinking that was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and yet it is something now that you will be trying to duplicate. That's amazing. It was one of the most amazing feelings of empowerment to feel like, wow, I did this amazing thing. And you know what? I could help bring other students in. And I could try to do this amazing thing with them as well. Now, we're going to explain a little bit about being a PGY2 resident and talk a little bit, if you would, about how that might have changed your view of the education you'd received. When I finished my PGY1, you know, I felt my journey wasn't done on my in my education. I loved the idea of being uh, someone who was involved with transitions of care. 
So, for example, someone might leave the hospital and go to living on their own again after they're done. And that's a transition of care. And and I've been trained on the hospital part, but I hadn't been trained on the ambulatory care part. I'd only had what I had in Appies and and I wanted more. So I came back as a PGY2 resident. And, you know, it's it's funny when you get to see things from the other side, it looks a lot different. So I appreciated the fact that faculty put in effort as a student. But when I came back as a resident, I came to understand that experience that the students get and in such a different way. Like there's so much work that goes behind each PowerPoint slide, each practice question, all of the experiences and the simulations that you get. As a resident, I spend multiple weekends reviewing students who are giving feedback, doing tutoring sessions to help the students understand the material better. And there's so much thought and work that goes into not only what's being taught, but how is it being taught. I am so appreciative of the experience I got in my PGA too, and, and it changed my understanding of, of all of the work that these faculty members put in and all of the stuff they do to make us successful and, and learn and develop these skills throughout the curriculum. That's something you couldn't do unless you really cared a lot about what you were doing. For sure. Now you are a professor at Binghamton University. How do the experiences inform your teaching and or how do they inform your experiences in your work at the hospital? Yeah, my experiences as a student and as a resident at Albany College of Pharmacy and Health Sciences have impacted so much of what I do as a faculty member, uh, not only in teaching, uh, but in my clinical practice and my scholarship as well. When I came back as a resident, I got to work with Dr. Jessica Farrell. She teaches and she practices in rheumatology. And my experience working with her really set the foundation for who I wanted to be as a clinician. I was so inspired by how dedicated she was to making patients feel safe in her care and making sure that they're informed about the medications they're taking. So I was in a lab last semester, you know, and teaching my students about the drugs that she works with and teaching them about how you communicate about these drugs. And, and they were absolutely in awe of the skills I had developed with her on how to make a patient feel at ease and feel supported while helping them understand the complex and often scary adverse effects that the drugs that they are taking have. Like these are the drugs that you see on all the commercials where they rattle everything off in two seconds. So it's such a feat on her end to really ease the patient into understanding what the medication, the risks of the medication, and making sure that they feel supported in taking that medication. And, you know, on the flip side, I'm also really grateful for the experiences that I had with Dr. Katie Cardone. She taught me so much about being a teacher and a scholar. I got to learn from her to like how to get curious in the teaching process. And, you know, I I think this sounds strange from an outside perspective, but she really showed me to like dig in and understand why am I teaching the material that I'm teaching? What do I need my students to get out of it? How am I teaching and and how can I communicate that better? Or how could I deliver that better so the students are more engaged and, and they're involved in that learning process? And, you know, looking back now as a student, her nephrology class and the way she taught and what she taught has sparked a curiosity in me that will last a lifetime. And what about any reflections with your work on the hospital? Similar to that experience with Dr. Farrell in the clinic, her patients might have been really nervous about a really terrifying drug. The process of leaving a hospital is really terrifying. You go from being in a place where 
people are giving you your medications at prescribed times, they are handling every part of your care and deciding for you when you go through what process. And then you leave and all of those decisions are suddenly now yours and you have that responsibility that you have to take on to manage your own care. And so that communication you have to have and that ability to talk through complex medications and complex medication lists, right? These aren't medication lists that are usually two to three drugs long. I've had some that are up to 20 drugs long. And you have to walk the patient through it in a way that they understand what they need to know to go home, but they also don't feel scared of this medication list or scared of the fact that this is on them to take care of themselves to make sure that they don't end up back in the hospital. That communication and that compassion aspect, that's something I hear from a lot of ACPHS grads. Yeah, it, it can't be underscored enough. The way you say something to someone has such a huge impact on how they feel. We're going to be back with more in just a few minutes. But first, we have a message from Dr. Greg Dewey, the president of ACPHS. What does student-centeredness mean? Isn't every college student-centered? No, every college is not student-centered. There are some colleges that are faculty-centered. There are some colleges that are research-centered. Student-centeredness is not a given, but the student-centeredness is about putting the student first, and that's the lens that you have to have. So if you create a one-stop shop where students can get all their registration and housing and all these things done in one fell swoop, that's student-centered may require more manpower, may not be the most efficient thing, but it's student-centered. I can come in and teach at this high, high level and blow the class away and they won't understand a thing I'm saying. I might feel pretty good about how smart I am, but that's not student-centered. The student-centeredness teaching is getting down to their level, making sure they understand basic concepts before you go forward means I have to work harder as a teacher. The student experience is the entire scope of things that happen to them throughout their years in college. It's not just about their classroom work. It's what happens inside the classroom, what happens outside the classroom. It's about the connections they make, about the networks they build. It is about their ease of registering for classes or their experience in the with clubs or athletics or how much they like the dining hall. Also about what happens in the lecture hall. So it's the whole spectrum of things. And it's our goal is to make sure they have the best student experience possible that will set them up for successful careers as they go forward. And we're back with Occupation Station and our guest, Kelsey Henning. She's a clinical assistant professor at Binghamton University and ACPHS grad from 2018. We want to know a little bit about how your view of pharmacy as a profession may have changed from the time that you started to now. It's changed so much. You know, looking back now, I realized I knew nothing, absolutely nothing about what I was getting into. When my high school teachers had mentioned this as a potential career, you know, since I love both math and science, I thought, that sounds great. I get to do two of the things I love, and I get to help people by making them feel better by giving them medication. I, not in my wildest dreams, could have ever known that I would get to now round with family medicine physicians and residents, work alongside nurses and social workers, talk to me, patient medications, and and so many other interprofessional colleagues in the hospital and at discharge, we do so much more than providing pills to patients. We are this accessible wealth of knowledge in the community. If you think about our, our hospital pharmacists, you know, they're respected team members of the interprofessional team. 
we provide groundbreaking breaking knowledge and expertise in industry as faculty, right? We're teaching students and future generations of pharmacists about this pharmacy practice that's evolving and we're becoming so much more. What would you say are some of the best parts of your job? <laughs> you know, I honestly learning and I know that might sound counterintuitive as a faculty member or a teacher, but I'm constantly learning. You know, I'm I'm learning to be a better teacher. I'm learning to be a better clinician. I'm learning to be a better researcher. There's no end point in pharmacy where you just know everything. As a pharmacist, our knowledge base is ever-expanding, and I get to be curious every day I go to work. And what would you say are some of the challenges? Every job has some. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I, I, to being a faculty member, I think there's some really obvious answers, like trying to maintain this healthy work-life balance or or managing time when you're trying to do practice, you're trying to teach, you're trying to do scholarship. But honestly, one of the things that I've I've really grappled with, and it's you know not unique to being a pharmacy faculty. It, it's not even unique to being a faculty, but it's really this idea of like in the learning process, trying to take out shame. And stay with me for a moment because it might sound a little strange, but too often I find that students or or faculty that are trying to achieve things, we're ashamed that we're failing or or that we've had failures in the past and that we're not getting to exactly want to be. And we all talk about this idea that failures, they build us up and we learn from things from our failures. But I want to take the shame out of that learning process of failing and doing better again. The times where things didn't go as we planned or for students, the times where they didn't perform as they expected. You know, pharmacy students can be this incredibly motivated and incredibly competitive group of people. And my goal really as a teacher is to make sure that my students understand that my classroom is a safe place to get curious, do the work on improving their ability, doing the work to improve their abilities. And I want them not to be afraid to ask a question because they think it might be not the greatest question. You know, there's no such thing as a dumb question. I, in my BJY too, right, like I did nephrology, I did rheumatology. Those aren't easy areas to work in. But but if you shame people into getting A's by telling them you have to be the best, you have to do better, right, they get that shame feeling and it's scary for them to engage in that learning process. I don't want them to be perfect. Expecting them to be perfect would be setting them up for failure. I want to create the space where they can learn from exam questions they got wrong and where they can get to get it right, right, for the patient in a couple of years. Because getting it right for the patient is what matters, right? I want them to learn from that learning process instead of feeling, I didn't get it this time. They'll get it next time. I think your students must just absolutely love and adore you, and they must leave your classroom without any holes in their knowledge because they're not afraid to ask questions. Uh, Along those lines, I'd like to know if you have any advice for prospective or current students at ACPHS. Yeah, you know, there's so much advice I could give. But I think the thing that if I look back in time, I would want to tell myself is that this process, this journey that you're taking, it's not linear. You're not always going to go where you thought you would. If you had asked myself, even six years ago, five years ago, if I thought I would be sitting in a school of pharmacy, right, teaching, being a faculty member, I could have told you there's no way. There's absolutely no way that I am at this place in time or I'm going to get to that place in time. It's a journey and you have to let yourself be open and be curious. 
Figure out the areas that make you feel joy when you engage with them, right? I can remember the first time I did the counseling for some of the rheumatology drugs with Dr. Farrell, and I was so terrified, but I felt this joy, like being able to help someone understand something that is so scary and that it's not an easy thing to understand, right? But I get to do that. I get to sit with that person in that time and space, and I get to support them, and it made me so incredibly happy. But if I didn't get curious if, or if I didn't let myself explore the options or the potential of what could be, I would have never made it to this place. So keep an open mind. Keep being curious. Kelsey Henning, clinical assistant professor at Binghamton University and an ACPHS grad from 2018. Your story is very inspirational. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. For more information or to schedule a tour, visit acphs.edu. You can tune in to all of our informative stories at acphs.edu forward slash podcast. Each podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeart, giving you the opportunity to listen from a mobile device. Mark Occupation Station as a favorite, and you'll receive push notifications as soon as we publish something new.